0: official first episode of the Boss Ladies podcast. We are here with uh, the hosts. I'm Swalia. There's Orna and Monacy. Hello,
1: I'm Orna.
2: Hello, I'm Monacy.
0: And today we are super excited to have our first guest host, Noelle. Please introduce yourself.
3: Hi, I'm Noelle. I'm one of the directors here at TKS. And before I was one of the directors here, I worked for a company called Zappos, which is an e-commerce company. It's owned by a bigger company called Amazon. And I built a lot of cool things over there. I took on a lot of failing projects, departments, and turned them into like billion dollar endeavors. And so that's kind of my claim to fame. I got to work in a lot of different departments, fixing and trying a lot of interesting, different and unknown things, which is kind of my jam. And so, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me.
0: All right, so the focus of today's episode will be boss mentality. So, do you guys just want to give the audience an overview of what boss mentality means and why it should be a bigger part of each of our daily lives?
2: Yeah, like Swalia said, we're going to be discussing boss mentality on this podcast. And I think boss mentality is such an important mindset, especially for all of us being women in STEM and women who want to do big things and impact billions because you can't do any of that without confidence and without the right mindset. And something that a lot of females struggle with um, in this field is definitely just embodying that mindset of being completely confident and comfortable in your skin. And having that belief that you are completely prepared and you can do anything you set your mind to is definitely something a
1: lot of us struggle with. Something that I've noticed um, just as patterns while I've worked in groups is that um, often the guys who i be working with uh they'd probably be pitching out the ideas and they'd have like a clear frame of the mindset and then there was me a few months ago who was always like oh my god i don't know this i can't do this and i think just embodying boss mentality and using that mindset really got me to get my ideas out there and gave me the method of providing value to my team so noel you are such a boss lady. What does boss mentality mean to you? So honestly, when I was younger,
3: it was really bad to be like bossy. So it's not something I think I strive for or I'm intentional about like, how do I show up like I'm a boss, but I am always intentional and aware of showing up like a leader and showing up like myself. And so when you can show up as a leader with confidence, with authenticity, um, that's, pretty much a boss. When everything about the way you act and perform is solely based on you and not the other people in the room, that's a boss in my opinion. So, but I, but I don't really love the word boss still, because I still think about it as someone who's telling others what to do, or it has such a negative connotation. So actually, whenever people are like, Noel, you're such a boss, I always I'm like, am I? Like that's like kind of hilarious because it's totally a byproduct
1: of what I'm actually trying to achieve. So if you were to rename your mentality, if you will, like just to provide like a little small label, like what would you call it? Noel mentality?
3: <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily. I don't know. If I had to bundle these all up, I would say. It's a to me, it's what I would define as like a leader. Maybe it's like a CEO, like, right? You're the CEO of your life. You got to show up like you're the CEO, but you're the CEO of your life, not everyone else's life. So, therefore, you kind of come across as someone who's just in control of themselves really well. And nothing is really kind of phasing you as it's happening, right? You're just like authentically you. The road may get bumpy, but you're just like being consistent and level-headed the entire time. Um, that's, I guess, how I
1: redefine it. Either as
3: like a leader or a
1: CEO. So what was your journey in get- achieving like this sort of CEO of your own life? How did you gain control? Uh-huh.
3: Um, it's funny. I actually think when I was little, I was really confident and I was like had the total like boss mentality as a kid. And then as I got older, people tell you that's not okay. Right. Like most kids are like super confident. They do what they like to do. They don't care what anyone else thinks. And they're just like going to go in and kick a bunch of ass. And like, that's kind of their jam. And I was really, um, athletic when I was younger, I did gymnastics. So I was really confident in my physical skills, which translates to like my Comfortability and um, my mental abilities. I was in like the, they're called gay classes here, but they're classes for kids who were like, get to go to like the special, like smart kids class. I don't, I know that's probably not the proper term for that now, but got pulled out and got to go like do cool stuff like dissect frogs and go on cool like field trips to like astro camp and all that. So I felt like when someone told me, when my mom said, Noel, you can be the president, I was like, I think I got a shot. Like I honestly just thought, that's how the world worked, right? Like everyone's more than capable. You just kind of pick what you like and then you just add value and you do it. And as I was older, I started to realize like, oh, this is more complicated or people start telling you things or you start observing things and it gets more complicated than it originally was for me. So for me, it was more of like a le- having less things less crappy conversations with myself in my head, less looking at and comparing myself to others, less taking what people said as face value. And it was about me. Some of the times people say nasty stuff and it's about them. And so starting to understand, I was taking in too many inputs and kind of getting back to like, what happened to that kid that could do anything? That honestly believed it. Like, how do I be more like them? So... So it's like, it changes to me. It's like a sliding scale, I guess. Like super confident boss kid then went back to like, oh, maybe I'm not so great. Maybe I don't have this figured out. Maybe like I'm not as talented or as smart or whatever. And then back to like, "Hmm, I think I got this. We're okay. I think that's just life.
0: Even though we're still young, I feel like your journey still, I can't even resonate with it because subtracting, like at one point was subtracting things, right? So one of the things we learned in TKS or just learned in general was that you have to choose what you care about, like what your priorities are. You can't always get caught up in these little things, like always comparing yourself. That's just an energy drain. So instead of trying to add things to your life, you just have to choose what are the things you have to keep and what are the things you have to get rid of. And the other thing was uh, emulating or taking into account more of the characteristics that you display as a kid. Because when we're kids, like, we don't care about anything. We're just like, we just want to do what we want to do. We have, like, the biggest imaginations. We have the like, biggest dreams. Like, nobody can stop us. Nobody can tell us no. But, like, when once we get into those, like, older years, like, our teenage years, we start doubting ourselves. we like getting super anxious about everything, what people think, and stuff like that. So I'm hoping, especially, like, through this podcast, too, that we'll be able to emulate more of that boss mentality, and go back to those characteristics we used to inhibit as a kid or we used to display as kids
1: yeah so i would actually classify this as kid mentality if you would <laughs> like i remember just like i used to dance as a kid um and like i would have performances like every single weekend and like last year like when i got asked to go on stage for like receiving an award i was terrified just like where what happened to me I used to perform on stage every week
3: yes. yeah
1: yeah it's kind of like you like you giving
3: giving no f's right like in the most beautiful way that is doesn't take away from anybody else because it's not about anybody else and so yeah and what you focus on expand so if you have a lot of those inputs in your life and a lot of them are negative or that talking your head is negative or you're keeping track of negative things or you're just re- re-running through the negative things like that's that's your your entire attention right that's all you're going to hear that's all you're going to focus on it doesn't help anything so yeah what you focus on expands. so try to focus on the things you can control and letting go of the things you can all that it's all true
2: that's definitely so interesting because like I used to be the most shy kid ever I definitely had a very negative experience with like a lot of friends at school because I definitely was not like the most supportive environment at school and so I think it was after I moved in elementary school that I started like growing comfortable into my own skin I feel like that's when I started embodying some of these characteristics because before that I didn't have any of it so I feel like I started a bit later in the sense of like everyone else was already like so comfortable with themselves and then I was like oh where do I start like how do I become more confident and like grow the same mentality and so i feel like in a sense i'm almost behind because i'm like i didn't have that mentality as a kid
3: yeah well that's just my experience it's not going to be everyone's the other thing that i think is really um when you know you have boss mentality is whenever people are around you or work with you they step into their boss mindset like you're like oh now look at like manasi go like holy crap like So to me, that's where I take a lot of pride is when men or women work with me. And then all of a sudden it's like, they're a different person. Like they're like, they're full themselves. They're like really confident. They're like running things like a boss. That's when I'm like, oh yeah, like good. It should almost be contagious, right? Like if you were truly a boss, you, the people around you should be elevated at the same time too. And you should start to see like a group of that, like that environment, you know? So and the opposite's true, right? But hopefully, Manasi, what you've learned is, like, how to create that environment. Like, you're very aware of that, probably.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think I've gained a lot of awareness in that sense of, like, what environment makes me feel the most comfortable and makes me, like, push myself to, I guess, have that boss mentality and have the most confidence that I can have. Mm-hmm.
0: And so one thing I was curious about, you're talking about how you can have a lot of negative talk in your head. So do you have any exercises or anything that you do to like maintain or reaffirm your boss mentality or just reaffirm your confidence and just trying to get rid of that negative talk and keeping it at bay?
3: Yeah, so I don't do this anymore. Now it's different. When I was your age, I would hear like literally a voice, like a negative voice. It's like, you're not that great or you're not that good looking or she's better than you are. Whatever, you know, like whatever that negative, whatever. As I got older, it changed and I almost didn't see it coming again because it's also always you versus you, right? Like that's the hard thing about changing things when it's your brain versus your brain because it's equally matched and like nothing, <laughs> nothing's moving. So there's a couple things you can do. One, When you hear that negative garbage in your head and you one need to recognize it and be like, oh, this is that negative garbage, right? You can't just like feed into it. You need to have a moment where you just go observe it. If you can start to observe your own behaviors, that's like a massive tool. So when you hear, when that soundtrack starts going off or that whatever starts going, the first thing you wanna do is be like, oh, it's happening. Here goes this negative garbage. The next thing that I do is go, just stop. Or whatever your if you have a funny phrase like i always have like funny phrases i'm like bye felicia or like whatever you want to say to get yourself like out of you just need to get out of that moment before you go down the rabbit hole so any chance you can get to just break that pattern maybe it's doing a mel robbins three to one, and you like move or you leave or you whatever change your scenery um maybe it's you literally saying something like oh my gosh like something ridiculous so that you're like this is this is so ridiculous I would never say this to one of my good friends. Why would I say this to myself? Like whose side are you on? You know, like if you can just think of a phrase, maybe throw it in there. The other things I do, because it's your brain versus your brain, which are evenly matched. It's really hard to think yourself outside of like your current situation and problems. So I do anything else I can easily control. My favorite thing to do is music. So I make a playlist of the songs that get me into a different mindset, get me super confident, get me feeling like, Oh yeah. Like Beyonce can do anything. I can do anything like, yeah. Like she becomes like my mentor, right? Like she doesn't know who I am, but all of a sudden she's like my, you know, my, my guide, my coach at that moment. So make a playlist ahead of time of like all your kick-ass badass woman, whatever CEO, boss, boss, babe, whatever playlist. And then when you need that, you turn that on. And I guarantee you, you'll be like, I'm feeling this. Cause you can't not feel music. Right. You're like, Oh good. Now I'm in that better mindset. I do that before. I have to perform like on stage. I've gone on a stage on a stage in front of like thousands of people in the background. I'm listening to music, just like jamming out, pretending like I'm not there. Like I'm like a rock star that I always wanted to be. And then I go out there and I obviously don't rock star perform, but It just gets me in that zone. So music really helps. Um, Another thing that really helps me is changing my environment. So I'm like, I just gotta get out of this space, out of my room, out of my house, go for a walk, Um, doing something physical. Sometimes it's, I like to like physically release that tension and that energy. When I was your age, I would get really like upset or angry or emotional. And I would just put on running shoes and just run. Like it just lets you get that energy out of your body so you can calm down and be like, okay, now that I'm in control again, what do I want to do? So those are kind of like my hacks and how I think about it. But but you have to kind of try them out and experiment and figure out what works for you. But if you find yourself just going, why do I always do that? I don't know because you're an idiot. I am an idiot. And remember, it's you versus you. You're not going to win. Walk away. (laughs) Just walk away from that. It's not helpful.
0: A lose-lose situation.
3: You can't beat yourself. It's you versus you. It's It just doesn't work.
1: Oh, are there, wouldn't you be willing to drop that playlist?
3: No, for real. My I mean- playlist? It has a lot of cuss words. It's like really, really nasty. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if it's appropriate. But that's like the stuff. You know, it's like whatever gets you going. So... But there is, I will say there's, if you have Spotify, there's a channel that's like, um, what's it called? Feeling myself? That gets kind of close. Lots of cuss words, expl- expl- expletives left and right. Um, but, you know, try it at your own risk. But that's one of them. And then, yeah. And then I just make my, I have Spotify, I just make a playlist for liter- playlist for getting in the zone, playlist for like, you're a badass, playlist for working out. I got a playlist for all the things that i need to do in a day like it works for me 100 percent. dancing it out 100 percent works for me
1: i just checked it out uh checked out like that uh recommendation that you gave it started with cardi b so i kind of have an idea now <laughs> yeah yeah it's like all chicks
3: and they're all awesome and they all sound like they're like you know have all their stuff together and they're going to help you get your stuff together so go out there and kill it you know
0: So So I was wondering, uh, did you ever face like a lack of boss mentality in your professional career? And how did you overcome it and like start to like take that charge of like, yeah, I'm a CEO of my life, especially (laughs) in that professional sense?
3: Yeah, there's not just my professional career, but at uh, every age I've had moments where um, I don't know if you guys ever heard the phrase like perception is reality. So however people perceive you is what it is. So if you're like, I'm the nicest person ever, but everyone thinks that you're like the meanest person ever. It's like, that's, there's a reason. Like there is some behavior that's happening in the world that everyone is picking up on. That's you're not a nice person, even if you think you are. So I had a boss that always drilled that in my head, perception is reality. And so I'd ask people's opinions like a lot and try to get a read on it a lot. And people just give you a lot of opinions and. Um, a lot of time I worked in a field where I was one of few women. And if I emulated the men around me, I, by the perception was different than when they would do the same thing. Like if they acted like, you know, well, maybe we would consider a boss, it would be like, Oh, they're a boss. They're so strong. They know what's going on. They have all the answers. They can run a team. If I literally did the same behavior, it was like, She's bossy. She's a bull in a China shop. She's a, you know, the B word all she's a bulldog. They'll call you a bulldog in business because it's not okay. in HR shouldn't let it happen, but it's not the B word. Um, so I was called a bulldog a lot. So, um, yeah, when I emulated other people and tried to be what I thought people wanted, that's when I got in trouble. When I finally was like, forget it. I'm going to do it my own way. And if it doesn't work, then I fail, but at least I failed being me. And I would prefer to fail being me doing everything that I think is the right way to do something versus emulating someone else and failing doubly. Like I'm not me, which feels awful. And it didn't work. So I started to kind of like pick my poison and started doing stuff my own way and started noticing the different results I was getting and then doubling down on that. But so many times in my life, I've tried to be or perform what I thought they wanted and I never got, it was never as good as when I just was authentically myself, like ever, so. But you kinda gotta just like learn that because some places don't feel safe to be yourself There's no one that looks like you. There's no one that talks like you. There's no one that wants to like make a joke in a meeting like you. And so you just go, well, then maybe I should just act like everyone else. That's how it gets you. You know, you look around and you're like, this isn't a safe space. I don't think, or I'm just going to copy these guys. And that's, that's where you get in trouble. In my opinion.
0: And so with that, how did you find that balance between not being perceived as like bossy or too assertive for a woman, but still being confident in who you are and what you want to do in your
3: position? Yeah, it's tough because I think no matter what you do, there's going to be critics. It's just like what, which opinions are valuable and which ones aren't. And you have to be able to understand that opinions are like on a sliding scale. There are some that are so valid and very important and they are a gift and you should be grateful for them and then there are opinions that have nothing to do with you and are a hundred percent someone else's garbage that they're putting on you and it's really hard sometimes to sift those out and sometimes it's also like a numbers game of like are enough people saying the same thing and you're like okay this is just this one person on this one day but i think for me specifically trying to figure out like one, what are my boundaries and like having boundaries? And so things I like, when was I willing to say something? What hills was I, where I, was I willing to die on? Like understanding when to like be my level 10 leader boss self. And other times where I was like, I don't need to say anything. It's not a big deal. So I'm just going to like let that one slide. Um, I think like knowing the rules really well and knowing when they apply to you and when they don't apply to you is super helpful. Um sometimes like uh what's another thing that was super helpful to me? There's so many different things when you're thinking about boss mentality, um having a high level of empathy for others. You can be a boss and it's not about you, right? Like, um, having a lot of levity, like laughter, I think that's helped balance me out because when I show up and if I'm in performance mode, I'm just like there to win at at all costs. And that's a really high level of like, I don't know, focus. That's like not fun to work with. Right. No one wants to work with that guy. Even if they're like, Oh, she is the smartest. Oh, she does know the most. Oh, she will get it done. No one wants that person as a teammate. So balancing that with, like, having a sense of humor about things. Um, I'm always trying to, like, make a joke about stuff. Like, we're not saving lives. And, like, it helps remind me to, like, take it down a notch or to have fun while we're all doing it and solving problems together. So I guess those are some of my – how I started to
1: kind of figure it out. Ooh. Okay. So basically it's just knowing when you should, like – just emulate yourself. Is that, that's kind of my main takeaway from this. Um, not necessarily inhibiting yourself. Would that be? Yeah. It's how do you, how do you bring your full self
3: in an appropriate way to the role you're trying to energize? So there are times where I'm like my most silly self and there's times where I'm my most buttoned up self, but it always looks and feels like me. And so I think once you can figure out the style in which you like to communicate, the style in which you would run a meeting, the way you want to work with other people, and being empathetic to how they want to work and trying to find that middle ground, um, that's how I like to do things and why I think people say, oh, you're a boss. Because I'll just like laugh at all. Like I'm teaching a session and like something falls apart. I'm just like make a joke about it and we just keep moving, right? Like all the students are still alive. Everyone's fine. It's recoverable. It's kind of funny. So let's just like keep it moving. And so I think that shows us like a sense of confidence is it's hard to get me really rattled. I'm always like, that's kind of funny. Uh, let's keep it moving. You know?
1: Actually, it just reminds me of like energizing states. Like if you have like chemistry or like physics, you're just like a charged electron. And then it charges another electron. It charges another electron. That's, that's actually what uh, like your analogy really reminded me of. I'm glad you thought that was super (laughs) physics-y.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Totally on purpose.
0: And thing I was thinking of has you, how you're saying that a part of your boss mentality is not getting rattled usually. So even if you like make a mistake, you're like, yeah, it's fine. It's all good. Like we got this. The world isn't about to like crash down or anything. Is so I was thinking that how do you, or what are some indicators of like, um displaying boss mentality in like little actions like everyday life because like I feel like with some of my friends they are like no solia I don't want to order like you go first or like you go ask the teacher the question or like I want to make eye contact with that person that's like walking down the sidewalk these are all like little things that we like block ourselves from like being like a boss person or just exhibiting like
1: self-confidence
3: yeah it's it's all those little things it's being intentional about doing that showing up there listen all Every hour of the day, I do not want to act like a boss, be a leader, talk to people, run things. I just don't. But when I need to run things, I run things. You know what I mean? And so, like, just if you're like, I just need the practice because I'm nowhere near that, then you need to take up every opportunity you can find. Oh, guys, I'll organize it. I'll ask the teacher. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, like, those are just, like, leadership roles that are unofficial that no one stepped into. Therefore, like, you have no competition. Like, you get the role, right? So, step in and do all of those things as much as you can right now. And that's essentially like what I've done, I think most of my life. And then, yeah, having that sense of levity about it when things, when things hit the fan, which they will, what is your plan? Like to me, I'm like, you can either crack, fall apart, be super fragile and cry. And then what irks me more is then you become a stereotype probably even if it's legitimately awful, like whatever just happened, or you can make a joke about it and just keep moving. And I don't know why those are both totally valid, equal options, but I swear they are. And so when you're in a moment where you're like, I'm either going to cry or I'm going to laugh. To pick the laugh one. Like, it's just like this like moment again, where you just get like a little blip where you're like, okay, this is one of those moments. And I've had so many in work where like things legitimately broke. We'd work for like 17 hours straight and we're exhausted and we couldn't figure something out. And you're at that moment where you're just like, are we going to cry as a group? And it's like, maybe, or you make a joke. Um, Or sometimes I'll make a joke. Even if it's not quite appropriate, I might make a joke and then be like, too soon. (laughs) And then people are like, yeah, that part is the funny part of that joke. Or even just saying someday we're going to laugh about this. Even saying that kind of lets people, takes the air out of the room where everyone's like, oh yeah, this is like one of those moments. It could be a funny story. So yeah, to me, one of my secret weapons is is making things a joke um, in a way that doesn't make me look like a class clown. I I do it in like a very responsible, (laughs) respectable way. And to me, I always think comedians are the smartest people alive on earth today. So to me, if someone can make a really fast joke that's appropriate, that shifts the mood in the direction they want to control, they're a genius. So I'm like always trying to be like, okay, how do I use laughter as a tool to like get us where we need to go and to let go of the stuff that's not gonna help us get there. You know. Can we get a a joke? Me, make a joke? Yes. I do tell like joke jokes where it's like a chicken half the road. They're like more like just like on the cuff, like on the fly. Like if someone hands me a microphone, I just like start like making jokes. Like that's happened multiple times at work and I don't. It's just a thing I do, but I don't have like any canned, memorized things. They just like happen as they happen. I hmm. mean,
0: if you ever hosted like late late night show with like Noel or anything, I totally watch. Totally be, like your first viewer. Like I'm there for you.
3: I would freaking love that. And I think Ian could probably co host with me and we would lose our minds. There'd be dancing, there'd be singing, there'd be instruments, there'd be lots of jokes, there'd be like challenges of ridiculousness. Like, I'm all for it. Like, if you cannot laugh, I feel so bad. Like, I never feel more alive or in the moment than when I'm laughing. And that's such a good indication of like, are you being present? And are you enjoying this life you have? And it's like, if you are laughing, you 100% you are. You can't fake that. You cannot fake that. I've like gone off on a whole rant about levity, but to me, it's such an important mindset that I think when you observe a lot of like boss mentality, there is one brand of it. That's like this cool, calm, funny comment but like you respect them person. And that's like the lane I, that's the lane I like strive to be in.
0: That's so interesting that you say, there's so many different brands, right? So you just gotta have, you just have to like test them out and figure out like which one's yours, right? Cause there's so many different ways. There's no, not one right way to um, channel your boss mentality. Yeah. But actually- Wanting to hear, do you any of you have like one standout moment where you felt you really were channeling that boss mentality? And you just felt it.
1: So I'm feeling it now.
0: Yes or no? Right <laughs> no. there we go. What about you, Monesi?
2: I can think of multiple, but I'm trying to think of like one particular moment because I feel like I'm one of those people that like it, it's kind of about the small things for me, where it's like someone be like, I don't want to raise my hand or like, I don't want to ask this question or I don't want to go like talk to someone. I feel like I'm very good at the small things. I feel like that's kind of like my alley where if it's like, like a spontaneous thing where it's like, just raise your hand, like ask a question or like go up to someone and ask a question. I feel like that's where I channel most of my boss mentality because I'm a very spontaneous person in the sense of like, if it's like, takes less than three seconds to just like make that decision and do it, I can do it. And that's like very easy for me. I think it's like, the bigger things that I'm still working on.
1: Definitely. And like, I've seen like, especially like, we're all students, well, not Noel, but we're students. And um, like right now there's online school happening. And at least like in my school, like we're doing like a virtual system and a hybrid system. And well, not a hybrid, but in person. So like the in-person students are having like that interaction, direct conversations. But like, I always see like the virtual kids they're they're way too scared to ask questions that they normally would ask in person and like I was that kid as well and then um just like two weeks ago I had like a like there was like some sort of free block that my math teacher gave us I spent like a whole hour just talking to her about thriller books (laughs) I think like that was that was really interesting because I felt like a transition there and like now I've actually started asking questions there because like externally I have been asking questions, but for some reason I haven't been doing it in the place that I used to do it the most. So it's interesting just getting that momentum back. Did you say thriller books? What kind of, what, what were you reading? Like James Patterson, Stephen King. Oh, Bain.
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't peg you as that, but that's good. It's like government conspiracy theory war or something. Okay. All right. You get you. I mean, you do that, Orna. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I love morally gray characters. Yeah. I mean, come on. I don't remember if he's the guy that wrote Pelican Brief. Is No, John Grisham. I read that mm. book when I was your age and I thought it was really great. <laughs> but, but different... Different author, similar but different. Yeah. Different, I haven't right right now, author same type of. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Just another
0: okay. one I ask. I'm sorry, Orna. Oh, you um, can go ahead. Okay. So for Noel, do you have any uh, boss ladies that you look up to personally?
3: Um, so I when I was younger, I had zero mentors. And what I did instead was I guess I didn't realize they were my mentors, but I found people that were just like famous that I could observe and watch and emulate them and try on things or learn things from them. So it's almost like you have a board of directors, but you're not talking to them. So growing up, I, my favorite was like Oprah. I wanted to be like Sally Ride. I wanted to be like Paul Abdul. I mean, I had people, they were like all over the place. And as I changed, they would kind of, they would also change and swap in and out. But um, I say like the number one person I learned the most from from a distance was Oprah. I recorded every episode. They were totally inappropriate for my age most of the time. But I learned so much about empathy, communication, um, growth. Like Oprah was at the top of our game and still you were watching her learn every time she would interview someone, she was like, I just had an aha moment. And I'm like, okay, so you should always have those all the time, right? Like you should always be learning. And there were so many like gems of things she would say and experts she would bring on that they would say. And I think that really helped me develop a lot and see a different way to be a boss. Like to me, Oprah is like such a boss and she's, you know, uniquely Oprah. And I also learned from Oprah, although I'm still always striving to do it better is how do you bring your full self to something like to energize a role? Cause only when you bring all of you, can you actually make a difference and change an industry or change the world? If you show up being what people you think people want, then you're just like everyone else. And sometimes that's scary. And sometimes you will fail because people want you to perform and not be you. But when it matters, it's good that you practice bring, bringing all of you, because that's what will set you apart. And if you think of any of the people you look up to in the world, I guarantee that they are uniquely them and they are interesting because they brought their whole selves. Like Elon Musk wasn't like, what does an engineer typically do? And I'm going to do that. Right? No. That's why he's interesting. Steve Jobs, how do I show up and be a person who makes changes in industry for computers? Maybe I should study computer science. No, he didn't do that. You know, like he just, you know, so you like think they're all these people. I think that's kind of the magic to the most interesting people that change industries. They they, in a very confident, authentic, but yet like gracious and vulnerable way, usually they just show up as who they are uh, unapologetically. You know?
1: So I think we could wrap this up by saying like the ones who typically drive the most change are probably just the ones who leave the herd. Like we're all just following in this rat race of just like following this one path, like whether it's like college software engineer. Like, <laughs> like sure, you're making software, but like, are you really doing anything that like you want to be doing? like. My friend literally told me he wanted to become one just because he'd make easy money. I'm just like, (laughs) well, you can can diverge from the herd. Like, just do it. It, You'll find your own path that way. I think that's...
0: but this has been such a fun uh, podcast episode. Thank you so, so much, Noelle, for being with us today. Um, I hope that ladies listening or just anybody listening got some amazing insights from Noelle. And yeah, that's our first special episode.
3: Thank you. I'm that, much, but everyone. Yeah, yeah, I'm the first and super humble. So come back <laughs> me, <out here>, bro. <laughs> If it gets published, I guess I should wait till it's like an actual episode. But congratulations, ladies, on having your first official episode of this podcast. And I wish you all the best of luck in your further endeavors. I know they'll be great.
1: Thank you, Noelle. Thank you.